Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. You know, we Christmas is behind us now. We're looking forward to the new year, and uh, this is the holiday season. A lot of people reflecting. Um, one of the things you might be reflecting on uh, might be you've got an idea. You've got something you want to do, and we talk about entrepreneurship here on this show all the time. You know, trusting your gut, uh, take the risk, you know, uh, create passion around a, a great idea. Get someone to support you on that effort. Entrepreneurship's about all those things. Today's show is going to hit on a bunch of different cylinders. It's going to be about, you know, the, the, the crossroads that you encounter during your life. And do you trust your gut and pick the more unknown route? Are the known route. It's about taking risk when you get to that crossroads. Are you willing to do that? Um, it's about entrepreneurship, um, and it's about it's about fishing tournaments. You say, okay, what does entrepreneurship have to do with fishing tournaments? Well, you're about to find out here shortly. But as most of you know, especially people who are in the fishing community, if you think about um, tournaments that take place all across, I mean, not just here on, on the Gulf, but certainly on the East Coast as far north as Boston, you've got incredibly important uh, fishing tournaments that are taking place that have really become economic engines for their local communities. Here in, here in coastal Mississippi, we've got, a, we've got cert, certainly the, the, the longstanding ones like, like the Mississippi Deep Sea Fishing Rodeo and things like that. But then we've got the big ones, the really big ones, the, the multi-million dollar ones like the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic. In the early days, we had the Southern Kingfish Association that came running through here, and we were part of that 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 tournament trail. My friend uh, Terry Waldrop and I fished in that for many, many, many years. Um, you've you know, just it, it, What's happened is they've gotten really sophisticated. They've gotten, there are many of them, so they really have to figure out what is the competitive advantage they want to bring to the table. One of the competitive advantages they bring to the table is coastal Mississippi. The, from coastal Mississippi, we have access to some of the most amazing fishing grounds in the world. And then on top of that, when you add the, the, the advent of casinos, the marinas that are associated close to those, and so on and so on and so on, it seems sort of like the best sort of concoction of uh, amenities that really serve uh, a, a tournament like the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic. So what I've decided to do is invite an old friend, Robbie Carter. And Robbie is an event fishing tournament entrepreneur is what I would refer to him. He's the son of Bobby Carter at the, at, uh, at, at, a, at what used to be the Ala Casino and, uh, and now the Golden Nugget. And he has, uh, he has made tremendous, tremendous contributions to coastal Mississippi over his short life. And uh, I'm, we're going to tell his story, which is about taking risk and entrepreneurship. And we're also going to talk about what makes these big tournaments so darn successful today. But without any further ado, let me say uh, welcome to Coast View to, to Robbie Carter. How you doing, my friend? Very good. Very good. It's nice to yeah. see you. So look. What I should tell people is, because Terry and I, 
were engaged in the early days of the Southern Kingfish Association. Jack Holmes, who at the time owned it and sort of was the tournament director. And, of course, uh, as time went on, your dad and, 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 uh, and Jack Holmes got very connected. And then one thing led to another. Then, you know, the Isle Capri became sort of a big, big stop for tournaments on the coast. Uh, you were just a kid. And along the way, uh, you actually started fishing with Terry and me. And it's amazing to me. I don't know how long ago that was, but but it's amazing to me. The boat and seeing it parked there right by the casino barge. It was like a 27 or 28 Donzi with twin 250 Mariners. Yeah. Priest sticker and Killer Be Bait on the side. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, we, we ultimately uh, were one of the first teams to have a triple engine uh, boat. Uh, you know, we missed some of those early boats. Some of those early Donzies were just incredibly fast, as you, were, as you well remember. Um, but we had, we had some good times together, and we, we fished a lot together. And I could tell back then, you, you were a likable guy. You loved the fish. You loved the environment of, of fishing tournaments. Uh, but it made a big impression on you, didn't it? It really did. Uh, you know, like I said, I can remember going, you know, walking up to that boat and my dad saying, hey, you're going to go fishing with these guys tomorrow. And it's just like, wow, because I'd seen these high speed center consoles all over the parking lot. These people were coming from North Carolina, South Florida. You know, I didn't know what I was walking into, uh, but I can also remember hooking a left by the Beauvage and turning around to catch a breath because you're going so fast. It's an offshore race with hundreds of boats, and it's it's something that you know I, I hold very dear to me, and I hold you guys responsible for what I do now because of all that. Well, it was it was a lot of fun. You were a lot. Well, first of all, we enjoyed competing. Terry and I were you know we we still we still spend a, a tremendous amount of time in the outdoors. He hunts with me up in the Delta. We spent a lot of time together. But over all those years, man, we spent we went to a lot of tournaments. I don't know how my wife Ann tolerated it, but as I was kind of going up in my career, and uh, and and of course as we were getting kids, you know, starting to have kids, and I was traveling an awful lot, I had to sort of bail out of the out of the tournament gig. And Terry continued to fish. He he fished in the SKA Pro Division for for many years, towing his boat to Key West and all over North Carolina. You know you know the drill. Yep. He had a 34 Pro line with triple, I don't know, is this 225 Optimaxes or? Yeah, yeah. I just remember seeing it take up his whole driveway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Those were the days. But, you know, you grew up in Lafayette. Your dad is, is Bobby Carter, but you grew up in, in Lafayette with your mother. And uh, so you had the opportunity to, uh, along the way to come here. Of course, you went to LSU. Um, but that that working with your dad on the, on the tournaments, <clears throat> while you didn't immediately jump into that as sort of where you were going to take your life, that's what I refer to in these these uh, these forks in the road that people face. Tell tell us about what led you to where you are today. Okay, well, my dad, you know, he was bringing these events with you know the assistance of you guys, Jack Holmes, and then you know Bill McClellan, who was a founder of uh, you know. Uh, was at Marlin Magazine yeah. and his family. So you know, they had created these events that were just, they were massive. People were, I, I was amazed by where people were coming for, to, you know, to travel and fish these events and how competitive and how much money was at stake. And it just always intrigued me. But, you know, I'd come visit my dad, I'd see it all, and then I'd go back to Lafayette and you know, kind of back to reality. Uh, but, it, you know, I would, when I was here, 
I love taking boat photos. I was just obsessed with it. Just the, you know, these these, these vessels just really intrigued me. You know, they're they're you know they're like my superheroes almost. I had them all over my walls, and I was making scrapbooks every trip. And I you went on, well, I went on with you and Terry. I was making these scrapbooks, and I was taking photos of all the boats that were out there, and. I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do with them, you know, besides put them on walls and make scrapbooks. And you're like, Rob, you need to sell these things. I don't want to sell these things. I really think they were that good. Uh, so I just put them away. And, you know, I, my dad's side of the family, you know, there's, you know, I've got a couple of relatives that are doctors and nurses at the time. So they were kind of pushing me towards the medical field when I was at LSU. And I took pre-med and didn't really like it. It wasn't my thing. So I switched to nursing. And I did that. I finished all my prereqs and my co-recs, and I was about to move to New Orleans for nursing school. And I hadn't got in yet. So what I did was I froze my top scholarship. And my mom was just, she was frightened because she was like, you know, the, the history of my friends and other people she knew when you, you know, you stopped going, like that was it. You probably weren't going to go back to college. I just didn't want to waste my scholarship on classes that didn't count towards my major. So my dad's like, look, you got to be productive. You got to do something. And I was working in the recovery room at Our Lady of the Lake Hospital in Baton Rouge with you know, my Uncle Gar. And uh, I had the opportunity. My dad said, look, I'm going down to the Miami Boat Show. This is 2003. And I'd like you to come with me. And I was like, all right, I'll be more than happy to. So I went down there with him. And that's where I was exposed to all this grandeur of these mega yachts. You know, Miami Boat Show... Anything from deck shoes to a mega yacht and everything in between, I was just wowed. And this is where he was going to find sponsors for these events that he was putting on. So I knew he knew I was at a crossroads in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do, which route to take. And so you know, I went to this boat show with him and I met you know, the guys who owned Pelagic Gear. They were just starting out. They were the first sponsor I ever got. And actually, this like, is the longest one I've ever had. You know, I've had a relationship with them for 18 years. And, you know, they took me out. They took me on boats. You know, really showed this lifestyle that I had never experienced, except from fishing with you guys. And I met this other guy. And because, I, you know, like I said, I was into photography and whatnot. And actually, I had, I had a video camera, too, that I used a lot in college. And he was like, hey, what do you think of filming fishing tournaments with me? I want to start an on-site video production company. I currently work with a spring break company, but I want to do this, you know, this other side business. And I'm not really into fishing, but I know how to edit. So right out of the gates, I, I had my first job um, in college, well, second job in college, but first one in the marine industry, really, filming fishing tournaments. Now my boss, what his job was, and that was to baby, basically babysit the real world and road rules people um, and have them interact with all the college students. So, you know, that was really hot at the time. And, you know, people were just drooling over it. So that was pretty cool to see. But so the Robbie, marine of yachts. Robbie, let, let's do this. We're coming to the end of this segment, but this is Robbie Carter. And we're telling a fascinating story about the importance of uh, fishing tournaments, on, especially here in coastal Mississippi. And we're telling it through the eyes of Robbie Carter. We'll, we'll continue the conversation on the other side. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're visiting with Robbie Carter, someone I met when he was just a, a young dude. And uh, the way I describe him is an event fishing tournament entrepreneur. And what we're doing is sort of kind of building the blocks that led him to being incredibly involved in really important tournaments here, not just in coastal Mississippi, but all over the United States. So when we went to break, Rob, you were talking about you were going to get into videoing tournaments. So pick it up from there. I was going to get into filming fishing tournaments uh, with my boss, who is, you know, he wanted to do on-site video production as a side job to the spring break company that he worked with. So what we were doing is we were actually taking some of the real world and road rules people. We go out on the boats. There was a fishing tournament called the Bacardi. Um, and it was just, imagine a fishing tournament in the middle of spring break with all the real world and road rules people. It was, it was very entertaining to say the least, but I remember the second day I was out, you know, I came back in from one of these sport fish boats. I'm on the bow. It was a 61 Viking called the oil slit coming into the marina and just looking around and realizing, you know what? I do not want to go into the medical field. <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. I want to somehow find a career in the sport fishing world. I don't know what it is or, or how to do it, but I know this is what I want to do. And I got off the dock. And I just remember, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to tell my parents this? And more importantly, my uncle Gar, who I worked closely with um, at the hospital. And so when I got back to Louisiana, I called them and I was like, you know what? I don't want to go into nursing school. I want to go into marketing. I just, I don't know what I want to do. I just know I don't want to do this. And they're like, okay, well, time to change your major. And so I tacked on, you know, a few more years at LSU, which I had no issue with, but I was very productive with it because what I did was all my free time when I wasn't at LSU, I was traveling to all of these different events from the Mid-Atlantic 500, you know, the White Marlin Open, um, to Bahamas Billfish Championship Series, going all over the place and really getting a lot of exposure to business owners and entrepreneurs, like lots of CEOs, but I met them all in their playtime uh, where everyone, you know, they just went kick, kick back and relax, go fishing. But when I spent time with them on their yachts is when I really got to learn about what they did and how they did it. All of them had guts, all of them had guts and dealt with lots of stress. Uh, but at the end of the day, they were doing what they loved. And, you know, they woke, you know, they were on, they were just on their own path. And I was just hell bent on achieving something like that. Not necessarily owning a, a mega yacht, but I just wanted to be able to wake up and control my day. And so I, I changed my major to marketing. I was doing the, assuming the other fishing tournaments. And along that way, right after I graduated high school, right, yeah, right after I graduated LSU, I went fishing with my good friend Renee Cross, who owns Cypress Cove Marina, and he introduced me to a guy named Billy Nungesser. I think he was he was the parish, uh, Plaquemines Parish president at the time, and he's our well Louisiana's current lieutenant governor. But what he suggested, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, we had these conversations on the back of the boat. He said, "Look, I own a company called Ocean Chef Catering. You have a sponsor called Zion's Energy Drinks. Why don't you sell energy drinks to oil rigs?" Uh, okay. <laughs> so he taught me how to do it. And I'd say a couple days before I, you know, I set everything up, 
We're going to have the Zion Synergy drinks go from Houston to Ocean Chef Catering and off to the Shell Oil platforms. The day before my first um, sale went through, Zion's filed bankruptcy and it all crumbled. And I was like, oh, Lord, what, what am I going to do now? So my dad said, look, you need to, I don't want you to lose your entrepreneurial spirit, but you need to just get out of Louisiana and do something different. He's like, I found you a job selling fountain power boats and sport fishing advertising with a World Billfish Series in Tierra Verde, Florida, which is a little island south of St. Pete. I had to literally look on a map to see where it was. Uh, but I had nothing to lose. I, I went for it. And so I was there in, about, I think, 2008, February is when I moved down there. I just turned 25. And you know, I did that for a few years. Along the way, I met a guy named Tony Ludovico, who was an underwater photographer. And you know, we remained good friends. And at the end of my tenure selling the sport fishing advertising and the fountain boats, um, he had run into a situation and needed help getting his art off the ground. So I had some of my family members, Michael Stephen Carter and uh, family member Joel Williams, who said, hey, look, we'll invest in this guy. But we're going to this is how we want it structured. And so what we did was we opened up an underwater photography store that um, specialized in uh, fine art production. And it was all underwater photography. So we started in South Tampa. Then we opened up a store across from the Ritz Carlton in Sarasota. Then what we did was the, this is the reason why we did it was because we were going to sign a licensing deal with Pelagic Gear. And what we did was we licensed these images to their clothing and basically set up a royalty deal. And we did that for about two years. I think we had opened up a store in downtown Ocean Springs. And um, you know, it had run its course, but along that way, someone came into my store and he worked for a company called Laser Spine Institute. And they were based out of Tampa. And he said, hey, the Institute's hiring sales consultants. And I was like, look, you know, I, I attempted a biological sciences degree. I almost went to nursing school, but I just, you know, I'm more of a sales marketing person. He's like, if you can talk to people, we can train you. And I did it for six years. I consulted patients on spinal surgeries, you know, outpatient alternatives to open back fusions and, you know, traditional hardware. And throughout that course, I would only have about 15 days off a year. And I spent about half of it helping my dad run his tournament. I was selling sponsorships on the side, literally in my cubicle where, patient, where people had, you know, diagrams of the spine and notes about what to say. You know, I had done it so long, I just had it in my brain. I could do it in my sleep. So I would have my boat counts, my sponsor prospects, like everything that had nothing to do with, with what I was doing at work on a daily basis. You know, I was doing what I loved, but not primarily. And so what people would say is, when I came back from Biloxi, is why don't you do what you love? Why do you keep coming back to this cubicle? Well, I have three kids at the time, you know, stability, uh, beautiful house, you know, I was, you know, I was the breadwinner. I was doing it all, but I never saw my children. You know, I was working 60, 65 hours a week for someone else at the end of the day. And so the opportunity came in 2018. You just on a personal note, you know, I announced a divorce and I, I wanted to, you know, fight for full custody of my kids for reasons we won't get into, but I did get them. And that's why we live here now. But I decided to pursue my passion. I had nothing to lose. It was basically hitting a reset button on my life. And my dad knew, you know, 
he knew what we did with the Mississippi event, but I was not complacent. I was not content with doing just one. I wanted to do it for a living. So my good friend Bill Platt and Mark Moss, um, they're really close with Yamaha. My friend Neil Foster, also with Yamaha, and Mark Moss, who was real tight with Yellowfin, they're like, hey, why don't you bring your dad's all event back called Kingmaster? I was like, where am I going to get the sponsors? <laughs> they're like, we'll bring Yamaha, we'll bring Yellowfin, we'll help you just bring the event back to life. We need a high dollar king tournament back in the circuit. You can do it. You can leverage the Mississippi event to get publicity. You can do this. I, all right. So I did. I started leg one of the Kingmaster. And we did that for two years. Uh, we're actually going into our fourth year and it's now three legs. But while that event was getting started, I had seen some other events going on um, that were built around Tuna and Wahoo. But Louisiana, you know, that's you know, that's my that's where I'm from. Um, Louisiana was lacking, you know, some big events, you know, like what we did in Mississippi. So what I did was I started a Marlin tournament, you know, with a friend at the time called the Louisiana Billfish Classic. It is, you know, it's now all of the events I do are my family's events, you know, that I I run and manage. But we started the Louisiana Gulf Coast Billfish Classic, and the Louisiana Tuna and Wahoo Classic and the Boston Bluefin and Striper class. We just went across the board. But going back to when I was sitting in the cubicle, I was writing these ideas out. You know, if I get out of this cubicle, what am I gonna do with my life? Where, what direction am I gonna go? What is this passion I wanna pursue? And this is what I was doing. I was finally getting to do what I love and also raise my children. You know, I'm a full-time dad and I can tell you right now, everything that I, I, I've achieved now in life is to friends like you, my father, and my family. We're very, very family-oriented, and that's why I say when I do these events, it's literally with friends and family. So, Robbie, one of the things that was very impressive about your, your, role, your, your journey was that as you continue to work with your father, one of the things that gave you the confidence that you can actually do this is you started to get really innovative with social media and and how social media worked. And what I wanna what I wanna do when we come back, we're gonna continue that part of the conversation because what you deployed while working with your father on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Bill Bill Fish Classic helped significantly grow the number of boats that were involved in it. It helped make it what it is today. And um, and that's no that's no small feat of innovation. And uh, it was incredibly important, and it gave you a lot of confidence that you could actually do this using this technology. So when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Robbie Carter and talk about the evolution of the Mississippi uh, Gulf Coast Bill Fish Classic and how that gave him confidence to really kind of go off on his own. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. We're visiting with my old friend, Robbie Carter. What And what a fascinating story it is. Uh, grew up in Lafayette, wanted to be a doctor, then a nurse, and then get introduced to other people. And one thing leads to another. 
you end up in the laser spine uh, area. You did actually quite well in that area and built a family, had three kids. And, you know, for someone in your position, for someone who was sitting there in that cubicle with success in, in your life and married and with three kids and having issues in your marriage and all, all the things that were happening, both in your personal life and your professional life, to decide at that fork in the road to change everything. There were things that happened along the way that gave you the confidence to want to do that. And I think one of those was the work you were doing with your dad to rebuild the or actually build the Gulf Coast Billfish Classic that we know today. Tell me, tell about why that was important. Okay. Yeah. No. It, well, I got into social media, and going back to you near know, the beginning, I talked about taking all of these boat photos. You had a conversation with me at the end of the main dock where Dan used to have the, he used to sell the bait and whatnot off that main fuel, not where he is now, but in the middle of the marina, and I had pulled out these scrapbooks, and you're looking through it, you're looking through it, and you're like, Robbie, you need to do something with these things. Well, I'd say a couple of years after that, my dad, you know, let me produce the magazine for the tournament. So I was selling ads, but also I had a canvas basically to put out the boat photos that I was taking. And it just started to evolve. And it basically evolved into a 220-page Sears catalog of boat images and advertising. And it was costly. And what I found out at the end of the day... I looked at it maybe three times and never again, but yet the time and energy I put into it was just, it was exhausting. So I was like, you know, if I'm not even looking at it, is everyone else? And I just, I didn't feel like, I didn't think it was working anymore. So my friends were like, Robbie, you need to get on social media. You can post all the photos and videos you ever wanted. You know, all the stuff you love to do, throw it out there for everyone to see. And I did. And I started, I remember my dad took the, he went fishing with a governor at the time. That was like the first photo I had posted. And they were turning by the Baravage. I was like, All right, this is going to get interesting. And, um, you know, I started going out and doing more trips with him and taking photos and putting them out there. But not only of my own events, but other ones that weren't being covered. Because people, they saw what I was doing with Mississippi. They're like, hey, can you find out what's being weighed in this Texas event or this Alabama event? So I was basically covering other tournaments, doing their job on social media, but it was all eyes on me. And so like right now with with, uh, Facebook, I think we have like 67,000 followers and Instagram is like almost 60,000. But it just went viral. But it couldn't have been at a better time because what it not only just doubled the participation of the boats because we were like 60 to 70 post Katrina just hovering. We needed something like a game changer. Social media, it got us to everyone's phones. Everyone's hooked to their phones. So, you know, my dad still doesn't follow social media to this day. He just says, call Robbie or talk to Robbie, message him. He'll handle it. And but he realized, you know, he still gives me credit when the news interviews him, but that the success, a lot of it had to do with how we were accessing everyone and their grandmother outside of the state of Mississippi. We're very heavily supported by tourism, coastal and statewide. But a big reason is 90 something percent of the people that fish these tournaments with us, they're out of state. They're not even from here. Mississippi has a lot to offer. It really does. Um, the accommodations are, are across the board. So what we did was my first big project, you know, since you know, I evolved the social media atmosphere of sport fishing in the northern Gulf, 
we started a swordfish jackpot. And what my dad had done is he had done some jackpots in the past. So you'd witnessed them. You know, the Gulf, largest marlin ever caught in the Gulf was in our tournament. He's got his license plate acknowledging that still to this day. And we had done a bluefin tuna record. We had said we had paid out hundreds of thousands of dollars in insurance policies. But he's like, Robbie, look at this swordfish. No one had been messing with swordfish in 10 years. What they were going down to Venice to weigh him in. Even though they, they may have left from Mississippi, they weighed him in Venice. No one was weighing fish in Mississippi. So it was like 72 pounds. But every record from Florida, Alabama, uh, Texas, Louisiana were hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Like, how does this make sense? Well, the rules, what people weren't paying attention to, was that you could leave any state to qualify for a Mississippi record. You just had to weigh in Mississippi. No one was doing it. So what I did was I found an insurance carrier out in Reno to sell me a $100,000 policy for four grand. And it was the heaviest fish you know, to break the state record would get this money. I couldn't believe how quickly I got the policy. Then my friend Kevin Beach was like, he was with Mexican Gulf. He's like, Robbie, you ought to do some contingency policies. Like, you know, if you catch the winning fish and you got a Yamaha, you get so much money. So I reached out to Scott Cawthron, you know, Kevin Beach had introduced me to, and he's the marketing director of um, Freeman Boatworks. And what he did was he bought a $100,000 policy. Killer B. Bait bought a $25,000. Hilton's offshore charts user, you know, chart users, there's a $50,000 you know, policy. Poseidon Rods got a $25,000 policy. And Marsh Tacky Carbon Gaffs got a $25,000 policy. And Tony Petro took out a policy on a Nissan Titan. So in a perfect world, if you had the rod, the bait, the boat, everything you had touched on all these points, you could win it all. And Nick Stanzik out of South Florida did just that. He came up to Biloxi, fished the tournament. He actually showed, he got some numbers off some guys from Louisiana, the word on the street, but he still came up. He fished the tournament like everyone else did. And what he did was he attracted a lot of others to come. Um, Amy Strunk, who owns the Tennessee Titans, she hired RJ Boyle to come up and fish with her boat, which is called Tighten Up. People were coming from everywhere. And what we did was we set a record payout of $2.2 million. Um, Nick Stanzik and his team, the angler on the fish was actually Scott Cawthron um, and Brad Benners who owned the boat, but they hit basically hit a six game parlay and they won three, I think it was over 400 grand and a Nissan Titan. And it just, we got so much publicity off of it, it was silly. Well, the insurance companies didn't want to mess with us for a while. You can understand why. They probably have a poster of me in their offices. Well, I found another insurance carrier um, out of Biloxi, actually. Well, they, you know, they found a, a broker for it. Well, they're a broker for it. And we took out another one for 250000 Now, the premium policy went up about, you know, to about 12 13%. It used to be at 4 But we did it. We bought the policy. And I remember about two months after, I went and did a photo shoot um, with one of my friends, Donnie Jackson. I brought my daughter with him, with us to do the shoot. And this guy was just super energetic. You know, wanted to catch the winning swordfish. All he talked about when we were doing the photo shoot, I was like, you know what? Maybe my daughter will be lady luck for you. 
that's what happened. He ended up winning the tournament. And he won $283,000, caught the biggest swordfish, broke the jackpot um, record, and it was just awesome. I mean, I think you'd seen a lot of coverage about it, but it's all this publicity that we did from these jackpots, these big money payouts, the boats that are coming from everywhere. They are driving businesses so much money um, across the coastline from restaurants, hotels, uh, boutique shops in downtown Ocean Springs, you know, where I live. Uh, it's just, it's awesome to really give back to what has provided so much for literally my family and I. It's, in, it's incredible. You, speak, you mentioned Donnie Jackson. In the old days, his dad was would come in uh, like the final day of the Mississippi Deep Sea Fishing Rodeo, and we would be, have all these winning categories, Terry and me, and then Don Jackson would come in and buy about half of them off the boards <laughs> with an unbelievable amount of fish. And there's no, then, of course, eventually he got into fishing the SKA, and we competed with him in that regard. And then, of course, then here comes Donnie Jackson with, with what he's doing. And you mentioned Nick from South Florida who did the first one. Um, through see you had this great social media following and because i have followed you from the very beginning because i've always been interested in what you're doing and how you're using social media to help you with these tournaments i was actually introduced to nick through you and i've followed nick since then and what what's interesting about him of course he's got this beautiful young family he's a very successful captain in south florida i mean specialized in lots of stuff including especially including uh, swordfish um, but it's so cool to get to know people like that who bring so much passion to what they do every single day. It seems to never get old to people like Nick. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. But, you know, the vibe that he gives off is what our guests are receiving from, you know, the locals. You know, they always say they love the southern hospitality in the way they were treated when they came to Biloxi. Yeah, it it's is. It is incredible. different. We're our, well, this is our own culture here. But what you what you did, though, what you did that made this so successful is, first of all, you had a great venue and it took years to get the dock arrangement the way it needed to be. And then after Katrina, of course, that was a big, big challenge. It took years to build 26 this capability. Uh, do I? Say it again? For 26 year of running tournaments. Yeah, to get to where we are today. But what you are today is one of the most sought after sort of destinations for a tournament in the United States. When we come back, we're going to talk about why that's important. We'll see you after this break. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Visiting with Robbie Carter. He's a fishing tournament entrepreneur. And as I said at the beginning of the show, this is the story full of crossroads, full of crossroads, and about listening to the signal, willingness to take the risk, being entrepreneurial. What a great story this is. Um, So let's come back to this, though. One of the things that you did a great job of, I, I remember early days of this, Doing the aerial views of the of the of the uh, harbor, you know, behind in those days the Alicapri, 
now the golden nugget. But then, you know, th these boats, all these boats in there, you know, the way, again, you had to master this because people had to leave slips in, do all, people who own slips had to come back, had to leave and let this tournament take place. You know, these, the, as underwater lights became part of sort of the deal, and you saw these, you know, these illuminated lights with these beautiful blue underwater lights, in most cases blue, some some cases not blue. But but the, you, what you did, though, you just got really smart about the photography and the creation of sort of this image that if you own a boat and you like to fish, you have to be in this environment. You have to be part of this culture. I mean, and people signed up for it, Robbie. They just signed up for it left and right, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it, it led to, you know, the turning point in my life, just being in that atmosphere, the beautiful boats, you know, the stories of how people uh, obtain those boats and just the whole lifestyle of it all is, it was very different and not everyone had access to it. And that's what I wanted to change is, you know, even from the locals, I wanted everyone to feel welcome, come out, bring their families. Today, for example, all of my children's classmates for their Christmas party, I gave them all Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic t-shirts. You know, it's just, it's all about bringing the community together and just bridging the gap. When you talk about more than 100 boats of this caliber coming to this particular tournament, we're not just talking about the economic impact during the tournament, which is enormous, but they have a tendency to come back, don't they? They do. They'll come back multiple times a year. You know, it's a very transient, you know, location. Whether they're coming by boat or coming by car, there when they come through Biloxi, hey Robbie, hey Bobby, can you get me a room? You know, basically, I should have a preset script on how to respond to that. Yeah. Uh, but they love it here. Yeah, I don't. I and it's it's been, again the economic impact has been unbelievable, and you've taken what you've learned to to other tournaments all over the United States, and with which we could get into all the tournaments that you're involved in. But you've mastered it, and people, want, you know, I, the key to success in what you're doing is you have to have the big manufacturers behind you. You can't succeed otherwise, and you've been able to align because of all these relationships you've gained over time. You know, it's true. I don't care what kind of business you're in, relationships and the ability to communicate and to get to know people. I mean, that's one of the keys to success. And what, what I want to do for as we sort of wind down the, the, uh, the show is, you know, if there are a lot of people who are not happy in what they do. You know, one of the, as I said off the air, one of the benefits that I had in my life was that I worked hard, but I loved what I do. It took you a few forks in the road, took me a few forks in the road before we found something we loved. What's your advice to young entrepreneurs that might find them, might feel like they're in a rut? Never give up. You can't because you don't know when the opportunity is going to come. You just, you can't stop focusing. You know, I had hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. I didn't wake up to where I am now. You know, I earned every bit of it. But, you know, a lot of it stemmed from the way I was raised. I'm very close to my mother and father and the work ethic that they instilled in me and building relationships. You know, I just transitioned that into what I do now. Everything I do is... It's on relationship building, but you just, you can't lose sight of your goals. You cannot. Well, Robbie, one of the things is that, okay, you, again, look at the people that you're dealing with. But this would be true if it were just anyone. But I, I want to zero in on this aspect because it's important. That you're dealing with CEOs. You're dealing with business owners. You're, you're, you're dealing with unbelievably successful people. I mean, come on. 
we're talking about some of the most successful people in the United States. In order for you to have developed the relationships you had with them and then subsequently to the, the manufacturers, this ability to build trust, you know, trust and integrity and, you know, the moral foundation that makes you who you are. I mean, the, this this notion of you do what you say you're going to do and they know that. How important is that? It's what's what I've built my you know life about. It's it's a foundation, you know, going back to the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic, just that that tightness we have with everyone, it established trust. And so I'm a text message away from every boat owner that comes to our events. But I'm not calling them or texting them, you know, to sell them something. You know, I want to, you know, I want to basically throw a party, a fishing party for them. And I want to invite them. But when I'm texting them, it's on a positive note um, and something that they actually have interest in. You know, you know, they've done very well in their life, but I can tell you right now, if they had to choose, if they're sitting in an office, they'd rather be fishing. They, they would rather be fishing. And then, uh, you know, we got less than a minute left, but what, when they speak of, the, of coastal Mississippi, they speak of it so affectionately, don't they? They do. No, they're passionate. Because we're passionate about where we are, and they see that. You know, from the food, the service, you know, whether you're at the fuel dock, you can just have a conversation with a stranger at a gas station. You know, it's, it's just a very relaxed atmosphere. And people, you know, remember that, and they keep coming back to it. Robbie Corner, it's been a great opportunity for me to reconnect with you. I knew I was going to enjoy it. Yeah, today. absolutely. It's been terrific. Congratulations on all your success, and good luck in 2022. Let's go fishing again. I'd love to, man. I'd love to. <laughs> for sure. I, I still do a lot of fishing. Anyway, God bless you, my friend, and we'll see you later. Yeah. Okay, have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.